Welcome to Fear Frequency, a weekly horror podcast where two best friends round up the horror news worth caring about and review a movie or two. I'm your host, Jimmy Champagne. With me today is my co-host, George Frizzard. How's it going, dude? Good, man. What's up? <laughs> we did it. We got the <laughs> intro down. It's not going to be a problem next week because it's going to be a live and in-person episode. Well, live for us, not for you, listener. It'll be- They'll be able to feel it through through the airwaves. Yeah. There will be, like, less of a gap between each <laughs> sentence. It's, it's, like, slightly less gaps in general. <laughs> okay, so before we get into the segment one here, we're doing a giveaway over on Instagram. Uh, so our friends at Witching Season Films, uh, we're reviewing their anthology movie this week on the show. It's free on Amazon Prime, but if you want one of the heavily coveted blu-ray copies of the anthology film which they are very high quality i have it in my apartment all you have to do is go over to our instagram and leave a comment on the giveaway post which i posted on monday tell us what your favorite halloween set movie is like it doesn't have to be your favorite halloween franchise movie it can be like trick-or-treat or satan's little helper you know it just has to be set on halloween and if you're re- if you repost it on your own instagram You'll get another entry when I go in and like put in all the names into the random picker. I'll put yours in twice if you repost the image. And make sure, finally, that you tag us, Fear Frequency, if you do repost it. And this is for U.S. only, and it ends on Friday. That's all the rules, right, George? Yeah, that's it. Okay, so just to recap. Favorite Halloween set movie in the comments. Repost it on your account and tag us. Giveaway ends Friday night and an unspecified time, and it's U.S. only. So there you go. But it's a really good movie. We'll talk about it later, but they're really nice, high-quality Blu-rays. And we also want to say happy birthday, uh, belated birthday, to superfan Brittany Young. She's always first to leave us some nice comments on Instagram, and she reposted uh, our art when we were just starting out. So we wanted to say happy birthday and we hope she had a good birthday yeah happy birthday Brittany. cool so uh i hear this laughing do you hear that is it let me let me listen in for a second oh it's actually it's a scream it's not laughing it's a scream do you hear that i i think i might hear the screams all the way from haddonfield illinois that totally real place. That must mean we have a Halloween alert. Oh, we do have a Halloween alert. <laughs> oh my God! Thank you, Doctor Loomis. Go back in your hospital or wherever it is you died. So, Jason Blum, owner of Blumhouse. I know it's a surprise to some people. He got to see a cut of David Gordon Green's Halloween. He said, "Quote: I saw a cut of it two nights ago. I think David did a terrific job." He did everything I hoped he would do, which is respect the DNA of the franchise and bring something totally new to it. And we're really very, very excited for people to see it. So if he's so excited, why is he telling us about this in April? The movie comes out in October. Keep it to yourself. (laughs) We don't want to know that it's a good movie just yet. We want to build the hype up a bit before we... before we get let down. So yeah, Jason Blum saw Halloween and he said he liked it, but like... What's he going to say? He didn't like it? You know, he's, he's, he wants to make money on it. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not that his opinion doesn't matter, but, like, there's no way he would give a negative review at this point, so. Yeah, I guess he did build Blumhouse, which is, like, largely pretty good. 
if you ignore truth or dare and some other stinkers but you know they're more good than bad especially lately they've been like 99 percent good one percent bad yeah so i mean it's obviously good that he said it was a good movie even though there's no way you would say it was a bad movie but uh i guess i wouldn't really buy into this as extra hype for the movie but i'm still excited for it yeah me too so we got the halloween alert in though which is important so next up on the list here we have that james mcavoy and bill Hader have joined it too as uh bill and richie respectively in adult form and i did a video on this last week so people might already know what i think but george what do you think of this news uh, I'm really happy with the casting of Bill Hader as Richie. I think that's pretty spot on, in my yeah. opinion. And Finn Wolfhard said he wanted Bill Hader to play the adult version of him, so that's pretty cool. I just, I don't know about James McAvoy as Bill, you know? like I, Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I pictured Bill as more like, when he's an adult, he's more like cut, like a bigger guy, instead of James McAvoy. Who's... Yeah, like, James McAvoy's a good actor, nothing against him, but he doesn't look anything like the actor that played Bill, A and B. I, I don't know, I think Mark Duplass would be a great Bill. Oh, yeah, that would have been a much better cast, in my opinion. It's, like, perfect, I think. I mean, McAvoy's obviously a much bigger name, and if they're trying to get that oh, extra yeah, bit yeah. of notoriety, then you'd pick him over Duplass, but... I saw um... other people floating around Jake Gyllenhaal. That would have been good, too. Yeah, Joan Hall would have been a good one, too. Um, and then also, wasn't Chastain cast oh, as yeah, yeah, adult yeah. Bev? Yeah, we talked about that before, but she's officially cast as Beverly now. Which, that's totally fine. The, yeah. Everyone knew that was going to happen because she was in Mama uh, already. And, you mm-hmm. know, the actress who played Beverly said she wanted her to play her. So, that's cool. I like Jessica Chastain. I like Bill Hader. I'm like iffy, like 50-50 on James McAvoy, but we'll just have to wait for a trailer. Yeah. Do you think um, in this one they're going to have back and forth between Yeah, yeah, they said they kid were. and adult? Okay. Yeah, so all the kids are coming back. They're going to do okay. flashback scenes. The thing I'm wondering about is, A, if they're going to, like, I think they're going to kill Stan, like, for sure. They kind of have to, right? Because that's how it happens in the book. Yeah. But I kind of wonder if they're going to change it from an off-screen suicide to, like, something different. Which I think they should, because that'll make it so much worse when we have to see him as a kid in flashbacks in that movie if we know he's dead. Yeah. There's definitely some kind of dark places you could take that that they could even use to, like, expand on the Pennywise mythos that I think they could do uh, some interesting things with. I saw people in articles casting henry bowers as an adult it's like there's no fucking way he survived that movie well i mean he plays a decent role in the book as an adult and yeah i remember that 90 miniseries but there's no way he falls all the way down that well (laughs) and hits concrete there's no way he survived that maybe pennywise's deadlight saved him or something i don't know yeah who knows (laughs) but um so the weird thing is Gary Doberman is writing this one. He also wrote the first one, but on the first one he had Corey Fukunaga's script to work off of, and this time he doesn't have that. So I'm wondering if he'll be able to strike gold again with this script, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a whole other beast this time since it's kind of starting from scratch as opposed to, 
you know, having something to work off of. But, I mean, he still has the original source material to reference, so at right, least right. he's not completely on his own. And, I mean, the the second half of the book is batshit crazy, so <laughs> there's, like, a lot of <laughs> things gonna that... They're going to have to change a bunch of shit from it. Yeah, I mean, you still have to make pretty heavy alterations to make that work in, like, a mainstream <laughs> movie, I think. But yeah. I-, I think at least there's the bones of a story there that he has he has to work off of right so uh a lot of these articles from this casting news they also are like bill skarsgård is coming back as pennywise it's a big announcement yeah no fucking shit why would you ever (laughs) turn that down i would have bet a toe on that at the right after i saw chapter one i would have been like yep he's coming back like how the he like how do you not sign him on for both movies at the very beginning I'm sure right. they did. Yeah, I mean, I, didn't I know even... he's busy playing not Pennywise in Castle Rock, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's pretty weird. Yeah. Super busy being not Pennywise, being <laughs> Shawshank prisoner. What a massive announcement! But, uh, <laughs> there's your update on it, Chapter Two, which comes out on September sixth, twenty nineteen. Still, still a long ways off. Yeah, um, but I think it'll be good. I'm excited for it. Yeah, they just started filming it in Toronto. So hopefully it turns out good. We'll find out in over a year. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, I'm an avid Lego collector. I really only like the Star Wars ones. I've had a couple Marvel ones over the years, but they just they don't look as good as the Star Wars sh- uh, ships do on shelves. I have a lot of them, which they take up a lot of space in my apartment. But with these Jurassic World sets that are coming out, um, they're also releasing a Jurassic Park one that's from the end of the movie when Lex is hacking the computer and uh, the Raptors trying to break in. And these like kind of cross-section room sets I usually don't like, but this one looks pretty detailed. It's cool to get some logo Jurassic Park pieces. And it comes with uh, Ellie Sattler, Alan Grant, a Raptor, and Lex and Tim. So it's a pretty solid set that uh, I am definitely going to buy. Yeah, worth it for the minifigs alone. Yeah, they look great. Like, uh, How could you not want a Dr. Ellen Grant minifigure? I know, because you can't... They even they printed the denim shirt and the scarf, so that's something you would have had to make yourself for a long time. And they got his <laughs> hat right. Um, Lex and Tim both look great. Uh, it's weird that they printed like curves onto the minifig for Ellie, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> they printed like the front of a woman, and then like on the sides of the torso piece, there's just black. Like. Mm. I don't know. It looks kind of weird. I think they could have just made it a pink shirt. Yeah, probably. Probably, probably would have been the better call there. Doesn't that look a little weird? Yeah, it does. It's kind of throwing me off a bit. Yeah, but the set has the uh, embryo uh, holder, whatever it's called, and it has the little kitchen add-on. So basically it gets every big part from the third act of Jurassic Park, and I will definitely be buying this. Yeah. Cool set. So next up on the list, George, you found this story. I know you're really excited about it. <laughs> Bring it in. Let's hear. It. What's what's going on? So, big news: the titular Joe Bob from TNT's Monster Vision is coming back to TV. Well, Shutter, not really TV, but uh, <laughs> he, he fucked up the announcement on his own Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> he said TV. It wasn't George. He said TV. George but... was just reading. <laughs> Well, so Briggs announced on his official Facebook page um, that he's going to be hosting a 24-hour 
uh, marathon on Shutter. So 24 hours of Joe Bob's intros, outros, and of course, drive-in totals. It'll start on a Friday in June, although we don't know which Friday yet. So I think this is kind of cool. Yeah, I'll watch it. I mean, Shutter's doing some cool stuff. Their app is kind of bad. Like, I don't know. I'll have to see it before I believe it. You know, it's kind of one of those things because uh-huh. the network infrastructure on their app is not great. There's a lot, a lot of complaints from people. I saw Justin Roiland losing his shit on Twitter. <laughs> he's like, I he's like, I, I subscribe to this. I have subscribed to it for a long time. And no matter what device I watch it on, it just doesn't work. <laughs> and then the guy who's like the lead at Shutter had to talk to him on Twitter like publicly. It was really kind of just cringy and awkward. So hopefully they can figure out their apps and get those things developed a little bit better before June, which is in two months. Because this yeah. is actually exciting. Yeah, I mean, this is this will be something that's pretty big for them, honestly. I think this is going to bring in a lot of people to at least do, like, a free month of Shutter. I don't think... Yeah, it's I really think first, easy to get. Yeah, your first month's free for sure. A so. bunch of, they partnered with a bunch of YouTubers uh, to give away free months. Yeah, so there's there's probably an easy way to get it get in on it for free to at least test it out. And I think this is actually going to bring in a decent amount of people who were fans of Monster Vision that are going to want to see Joe Bob come back in a big way. Yeah, for $5 a month, you really can't go wrong with Shudder. Their iPhone app is the best one, I think. I watch movies on Shudder on my iPad all the time. So if you have a smartphone... That might be the way to go. But I also think they do have a Roku app, but that's the one I have the most problems with. They don't have a PS4 app, but they do have an Xbox one, and that one works fine. X- yeah, the Xbox one's okay. I wish they yeah. did have a PS4 app, though. Yeah, it's really weird. Xbox has FX also, but PS4 does not have FX. Yeah, so. must be some weird like networking, like licensing things or something. Yeah, so I use... Uh, I, my TV is a Roku built into it, and so I just download apps that way. Um, it's pretty funny, though, that if you download the Xfinity app on your Roku TV, you have to be on the Wi-Fi of the address oh, that really? the Xfinity account is on to use it. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to use my parents' login to watch some <laughs> catfish because MTV won't let me log in. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I am catfishless. What a shame. Me and Joe Bob Briggs. You and Joe Bob. So Hopefully he doesn't cool. catfish all of us. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'll watch it. I saw. I bet a big part of this happening is because our boy James Rolfe over at Cinemassacre, he made a video about this. And they, I think they have like 10 million subs on that channel. And he was like, hey, if you want to see Joe Bob Briggs come back, tweet at Shudder. So I'm sure this is happening in no small part because of him. Yeah, I'm sure that was a huge social media push uh, from James Rolfe and the guys at Senate Massacre. So uh, it's cool that they were actually able to make a difference and bring back something that they all like and a lot of other people who kind of grew up watching horror movies like. So Yeah, James did exciting. a Monster Madness on uh, the, you know, Monster Yeah, on Vision. the Monster Vision show. A while was, ago. Yeah, so I think That's if you I haven't seen it, it, yeah, you should go back and watch that video and then... Uh, Wait for a Friday in June. We don't know what one yet, but... <laughs> we got about four options, I would say. <laughs> you got a 25% chance. Just turn on Shutter every Friday in June, and you got a Around 25% chance of seeing Joe Bob. 7 p.m. Eastern, I would say. <laughs> Maybe Pacific. Who knows? We'll find Who out. Knows? 
Uh, so, 24 hours. Who doesn't matter. <laughs> Next up on the list, we have that. This is some weird news. So, like, we talked about this during Toy Fair, but NECA's working on um, a figure for the fog, which is awesome. Captain Blake. It looks great. But today, our boy, Aaron, at Cavity Colors, he announced that he's doing the slip or the blister pack for this toy. And uh, they have this one guy, Devin Whitehead. He does a lot of the art for Aaron. He's doing the art on the blister wrap. And normally I wouldn't, like, talk about this, but this looks really cool. Yeah, this is something that you almost want to get, like, two of the figure. One yeah, to keep in the packaging to see the wrap. And then one to have, like, to play around with. But, I mean, I think yeah. the, the set itself just looks really cool as, like, a, a whole package. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get it. It'll be, like, 20 bucks or something. Like I'm going to buy that immediately. Yeah, yeah NECA figures are pretty reasonably priced and usually really high quality so i just ordered the kratos one in anticipation for god of war because i knew i'd want it <laughs> after playing that game yeah so but the art is actually really well done in this this looks like uh, just a, a really cool packaging for this toy and and the figure itself obviously we already talked about it but it's got cloth clothes and accessories and everything looks great yeah, it really does. It's purple, too. I like purple yeah. a lot. And it looks like his... Uh, yeah, it does look like cloth. And it, I wish the eyes lit up. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be awesome. Yeah, Like, they're kind of lit up in this Photoshop pic, but I don't think they light up. Yeah, that'd be a nice touch. Where would you put the battery, though, George? Uh, you've had to- I've had toys before where, like, coin you have that little battery pack in the back. You just, like, un-Velcro the back of the shirt and put the batteries yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah, Maybe you could hold it. Charge. You just hold the battery. Yeah, or they could put a wireless charger in his ass, and then you could sit him <laughs> down on a cheese, a cheap pad. Cheap wireless charging could pad. could be like, oh, I'm Captain Blake. I'm charging wirelessly. <laughs> That'd be Coming out the fog it. to charge via my ass. <laughs> I took this human form so I could charge my ass and have my eyeballs light up. <laughs> Can you imagine this, like, ghostly zombie pirate just sitting down? On your wireless charger, and you're like, I gotta charge my phone, Captain Blake. And he's like, No, no, no. He's like, These eyes don't light up. Nothing's gonna get done around here. <laughs> Captain Blake, why do you take six hours to charge? All you do is have light up eyes. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't small soldiers. You're not gonna trap me in a net and shoot me with a staple gun. You never know, man. Captain Blake's resourceful. Yeah. Well, so if uh, NECA is listening, or Aaron, make the suggestion. To make those eyes light up and have him charge wirelessly through his ass. <laughs> Cheap wireless charging pad's the only way to do it now. <laughs> God, George, why would you suggest this? Uh, <laughs> so, next up on the list, the Games with Gold program on Xbox is pretty good. And this month, they're giving away Dead Space 2 for free. So if you subscribe to Xbox Live, which a lot of people do, I'm sure, you can go download Dead Space 2 right now. Dead Space 2 is awesome. But if you never played Dead Space 1, you can get that for 3 bucks right now. And then if you like Dead Space 2, you can play the mildly inferior Dead Space 3 for another $5. So you can get the whole trilogy for like nothing. Probably like 12 yeah. bucks total. Yeah, like, that's completely worth it. And uh, I, I think that was, Dead Space 2 is actually a really good sequel to the series. I'd say the order probably goes uh, 1, 2, 3 in order, order of quality, but... Uh, Dead, people shouldn't Dead skip Space out on 2 this. is shot in like one take, I think. I think it's a one take game. 
Like it, the camera is always on Isaac. It never cuts. Yeah, it's those games are kind of meant to be played in like one or two sittings. Oh yeah, I've done it. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. <laughs> I've played <laughs> one and two in one sitting, and then three is kind of like RPG more, so you can kind of break that one up. Yeah, three has more like exploration and more like side quest th- elements to it, but yeah, uh, one or two are definitely more. I guess like cinematic would be the way to describe them. They're yeah, they're more like, of, like made to be story driven story games. Yeah. Yeah, Which they're just like more. Wanted. Yeah, exactly. But too bad it, it, Visceral is closed. Yeah, the game Games for Gold actually has had some good uh, free games coming out recently. Last month they had Super Hot. I and, downloaded that. Um, and Xbox is actually working to bring back a lot of good uh, Xbox original games. Like they yeah. just brought back. Uh, Morrowind and like five Star Wars games. And they're doing Kotor two this month. Yep, Kotor two is coming uh, up, coming back. Red Dead just got. If you have an Xbox One X, you can play Red Dead Redemption in four K, and it looks amazing. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know. I like games with gold. They also had The Witness. I've never played that game, but apparently people like it. Yeah, I haven't played that either. I heard it's pretty good though. But yeah, you should go download Dead Space two now because it's a great game. It's a great series. And I was going to say, if you show EA you want more, they'll probably make it. But they probably won't, because EA pretty much sucks. Yeah, they shut down Visceral, who made all those games, so... (laughs) Fucking assholes, like... Oh, that made me so mad. Like, they should have... They basically were like... After 2, they were like... Everything's going great with the series. More people bought 2 than 1. But we want you to turn it into a co-op multiplayer shooter it's like why it's a fucking <laughs> horror game like they turn it into like an action game and this the universe was cool enough that like it worked i think but still it would have been way better if they just kept it like single player story horror game you know yeah and i think i guess games like um evil within and yeah. re7 kind of pull up that start to kind of take that mantle back of like a focus story driven horror games so at least the you know the series the genre itself isn't dead we still got some some gems coming out yeah i wonder what's going on with uh the resident evil 2 remake remember we talked about that yeah that leak feels like it's been a while since we heard any news on that so (laughs) i think we'll hear it at e3 i doubt it (laughs) i don't evil within didn't sell well Fucking Evil Within 2 didn't sell very well. Prey is basically a horror game in space. Did not sell well. Resident Evil 7 did not meet expectations. Like, It's a bleak times for the horror single player game, you know? Yeah, and it sucks because the games are actually good now. So Yeah, we've been people, so people just aren't playing games. <laughs> like Evil Within 2, dude. That game was so good. That was like one of my favorite games of last year. That game came out in the same year as Resident Evil 7, which is crazy it's just people are so stuck in the past especially with resident evil they're like no i will not play resident evil unless it's third person over the shoulder (laughs) it's like you accepted the change from tank controls to four which was over the shoulder why is it so hard for people to play first person i don't get it that game was scarier that was the scariest resident evil since four in my opinion yeah the game was pretty terrifying at some points. A lot of boss fights and just exploring all the areas in first person kind of 
you know, being actually put in the driver's seat like that makes it scarier, especially how they did that push where they released it in VR also. Yeah, I played it in VR. It was terrifying, dude. The part, it's, I got to the, play the part in the garage with the car <laughs> when uh, the sheriff is talking to you. Yeah. And the, uh, what's the, Jack, I think, cuts his head in half horizontally with a shovel. <laughs> I got to see that in VR. It was so scary. <laughs> it was just, as, it terrifying. was so scary. <laughs> but we are talking about a single player game next on the list. Agony is coming out soon. It was supposed to be out on March 23rd. We did post uh we posted a video of it on the Instagram a while ago, like right before it came out, I think at the beginning of March, and <laughs> got delayed immediately. But it's a like FPS that's set in hell, and I guess to avoid an adults only rating on console, they had to like kind of censor it. Which means they just had to move the camera a little bit. Like, they didn't take stuff out of the game. Everything's the same in the game. But certain cutscenes, they move the camera a little bit to, you know, probably get rid of one dick getting chopped off or something somewhere, you know? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's weird. I haven't even heard of a game getting close to an AO rating since San Andreas. When they had or like the... Manhunt, right? Remember that? Yeah, Manhunt also got... But Real even those close. were like... Rockstar games that had something in the game that they took out because it was too extreme. This right. just sounds like visually there's some elements that needed to be cut because it was too extreme. So <laughs> Have you seen any trailers for this game? I think I saw like the announcement trailer, but not it's anything past that. Crazy. Like like people dying and screaming all around you and like <laughs> all this crazy shit. So I guess I'm gonna play it on PC. Now I guess that just made my decision for me. Because it's if you play it on computer, you are essentially playing an adults-only game. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I heard them say that they'd like to be able to uncensor it for the console version, be able to release some kind of DLC or something that would allow you to see it, but legally can they can't do it. So, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine being in this situation? <laughs> God damn, dude, that's fucking crazy. Like, What has to be in your game at this point? Like, it, that's what i'm curious about what is <laughs> what is on the screen that's so bad that it turns the game to an ao rating i honestly think it's probably like a guy str- i'm gonna guess it's a guy strung up on a wall naked with an animal probably a dog running up and biting off his dick and like tearing at it and the guy screaming <laughs> So I'm guessing on console they left the scream in and... Just like cuts away or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the grossest thing I could think of that was more... (laughs) I I think. Uh, (laughs) They put it on their Kickstarter page. They're like, censorship in agony. (laughs) I mean, it's a cool concept for sure to have a first-person shooter set in hell. I mean, it's not quite Doom, which is that concept, but the controls are so tight and it's everything about it is actually like so refined that it's amazing. I don't know if they can, you know, make it that good to where it's like as good as a Bethesda first person shooter, but yeah. I like that setting and FPS combined. I think it's a good mix. Me too. I hope it's good. It looks awesome. They said that Everything you've seen so far in trailers and GIFs and screenshots and everything, none of that was the stuff that got censored. They don't want to show what got censored because of spoilers. So it must it must be, like, story-related, which is even more crazy. 
That's bizarre. I'm, like, I'm excited for this game, dude. I'm like, I haven't, I've been kind of paying attention to it, just like, oh, I'll play that. But now I'm like, yeah, I want to play this. <laughs> and <laughs> apparently on their... PC, wait, what? Maybe that was their goal the whole time. They wanted to stir up some controversy around it, since it's a crowdfunded yeah, man, game, so know. they just put something in there that they know they can't put in there <laughs> just to get people to talk about it. <laughs> That's a smart play. I don't know. There's gifts on their Kickstarter. Uh, one of the gifts has like a weird hell lady with giant boobs. There's like a bunch of boobs. Oh, oh, there's some dicks. They're dropping dong. <laughs> well, a way out drops dong pretty early on in the game, and that didn't get AO. So I wonder what the deal is. Like, I mean, it's not the first dong in a game. I remember uh, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Four. The yeah, 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 yeah. The guy, uh, the, the Clevitz DLC. Yeah, Ballad of Gay Tony. Yeah. You got to see the guy's dick. That was weird in 360 graphics. <laughs> Look at these gifts. These are crazy. Everyone go to their Kickstarter page. You want to see some weird shit? They're like, they put the gifts down here uh, so that they could show you how far they're taking this game. And there's like, just like, no, this is not getting censored. Don't worry. You're going to see some crazy shit. So the first gif is... A hell demon piling rocks on a guy, and he spits up blood. The second one is getting killed in first person by a lady with big boobs. The third one is two naked centaurs making out. The fourth one uh, is, is basically a, what you describe, but without the dog biting his dick. Yeah, off. it's just this naked skeleton-looking man with a flaccid dick. And then there's another one of a guy getting. Uh, skewered uh another one of a demon eating a guy a big monster so yeah this is uh some pretty violent shit and they're like backing it up they're like look this is pretty violent so i don't know i'm gonna play this this looks cool yeah i mean if all this made it into the game and there's something that's so crazy that needs to be edited i'm curious to see what that is yeah wow these gifts are really cool everyone should go check these out just type in agony kickstarter and it's the and then go to the updates and it's the newest one so yeah that's pretty cool um so yeah single player horror game we have to play it now that we were bitching about there not being enough of those yeah that's true and then we just mentioned uh prey earlier prey is kind of like bioshock in space and so jason schreier over at kotaku is like the best reporter in the games industry basically he's reported on some crazy shit he was reporting on um Hangar 13, I think they're called. Uh, the studio that made Mafia 3 and how that game, they all thought it was like super good or whatever. And then they were supposed to get bonuses based on like the meta score and it ended up getting like pretty okay reviews, not great reviews. So none of them got bonuses. A bunch of people left that studio, but it turns out they left that studio to join a secret new studio that's working on a new Bioshock game. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean... As long as Ken Levine is part of it. He's not. He started in a game studio. (laughs) (laughs) So your one condition has not been met. My one condition is that Ken Levine is involved because he made the two best Bioshock games. He started this really cool studio. It's called like Campfire Games or something. I don't know. It has like a really cool logo. I thought it was sweet. But yeah, uh, 2K is working on a new Bioshock without him. 
what do you think of this? I story? mean, <laughs> let's hear let's hear your thoughts. So, <laughs> so they're making a new Bioshock game. Yes. And then the the main writer who made the two best Bioshock games is not involved. And no. then all these guys that were on Mafia Three who were like, "This game is awesome. It's gets so good." And then it gets <laughs> universally panned, and they all get <laughs> pissed and leave. And they're like, "You know what? We're gonna work on Bioshock." The new secret Bioshock. <laughs> so you think that's going to be good? Because all uh, these guys who built a universally panned game are going to go over to the studio and put this Bioshock game together? I mean, I'm sure they're all <laughs> nice, talented guys, but, I mean, the team basically failing and then picking up Bioshock <laughs> isn't like a big vote of confidence for it to be a good game. Uh, yeah, when you put it that way... I don't know about this. It's pretty <laughs> early, very early on uh, in its development. It's just really funny that the Mafia series has gotten consistently railed because they release their games around Grand Theft Auto games, but fucking 2K owns the company that makes Grand Theft Auto, so they could totally just not do that, but they keep doing it. Yeah, it's like, uh, what's that? thing called where it's like two movies released at the same time that are very similar like ants in a bug's life oh yeah what's is there a name for that there's it's called something i can't think of what it is right now but it's like some kind of effect it's like when two movies come out that are the same but different but it's even dumber because it's one company doing it to itself (laughs) yeah it's like it's like cannibalizing yourself yeah, it's like, like when if, EA uh, put out Battlefield and Titanfall two in this like within yeah. a month of each other. Or right, whatever. exactly. <laughs> we thought they'd do good. We thought they'd feed off of each other, make themselves each each one would get their own audience and build off the other one. Seems so stupid. Like we could have told them not to do that. <laughs> if they want our advice, they just have to ask for it. Yeah, I mean, we're right here. Fear Frequency. At Fear Frequency <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Hit us up, EA. EA. <laughs> Multi-billion dollar company. I'm sure they don't got anything going on. They fixed no. Battlefront. They got nothing else going on. Yeah, they just had to dump a bunch of money into fixing Battlefront and taking out their stream of revenue from it after it's been out for like six months. They're putting microtransactions back in on April 18th, and the skins that they are adding... I don't think anyone will pay real money for. Well, I mean, like, they're just normal skins. But they said they're adding legendary skins that like change voice lines and stuff later. So I will give them money for that for how much time I put into that game. Yeah, I mean that's kind of cool. It's always nice to get, you know, if you like a specific legendary character to be able to change them up in some way. That's a cool progression system, I guess. Yeah, I'm. I only want. I want every skin available for Bosk. <laughs> he's my favorite character in that game because he's he sounds like a snake and he's op as hell he like <laughs> shoots uh poison gas and uh he ha- he can shoot smoke bombs where the smoke is poison and then he can turn on thermal vision and see through it so i want every bosk skin <laughs> that's what i'm saying <laughs> and every yoda skin because he's small i like him yeah, Yoda is kind of OP because he's his hitbox is so tiny. He's just so small. He's just so small. He's such a tiny man. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of aliens, Alien Day is coming up, baby. 426. It's on its way. It's right over the horizon. And since 
I guess Alien Day is like a thing now. I don't remember this ever being a thing except for like the past couple years. But now Alien Day is a thing. So everyone's releasing new swag, I guess, or whatever. You can buy a shirt from the 20th Century Fox store. But I'm boycotting them right now because I'm working on a video about Alien. And I had to upload it five times because of their fucking stupid ass content idea on YouTube. I'm praising Alien vs. Predator, and they feel the need to claim this video. I'm the only person out there praising this garbage Paul W.S. Anderson movie for almost being good. And they're like, uh, no, you used footage of uh, the Queen Alien that is entirely CGI at the end, even though we had a giant puppet that took 12 people to use. Uh, nope. It doesn't matter that you zoomed in 200% and flipped it and made it black and white. We can still pick it up on our content ID. <laughs> Uh, so my retaliation was I took every clip that they claimed in the video and replaced it with footage from Resident Evil, the final chapter, but referred to that footage as if it was from Alien vs. Predator <laughs> because fuck 20th Century Fox. <laughs> I hate them, but got to give credit where it's due. This trailer they put out for uh, Alien Day is pretty cool. Yeah, I... I didn't heard this being, like, a big event until I started... Yeah, that's weird, right? <laughs> yeah, like, they have all these, all those screenings, and they're like, yeah, f- like, one-time event. But it's like, if you're, if it's Alien Day, isn't it, like, an annual event, not a one-time event? <laughs> like, they're doing screenings of the original Alien, they're adding more merch, they're probably smaller uh, shirt creators, like... Fright Rags and Cavity Colors. Or yeah, also... I would suggest watching Fright Rags because he's been teasing that he's going to do retro-style shirts for this, which is dope. Yeah, so I'm sure there's just going to be a lot of uh, alien merch and things to, you know, watch. I've actually tried to see if there was, uh, if they had any of the Alien 1 showings in Detroit, and there are none. That's nice. Yeah. So there's there's a Halloween four screening with a Q and A with Daniel Harris here in a couple weeks. I might go to. Yeah, I'd like to check that out. Too bad you live in Michigan. <laughs> I'll just YouTube it after. <laughs> oh shit! But uh, yeah, the brands that are listed here. Oh, this is cool. So they have brands listed on their website of who's working on Alien Day shit. Fright Rags, Geek Fuel, never heard of them. Mattel heard of them super seven they are this like really cool comic book store in san francisco that makes retro style action figures and some really cool clothes so if you've never heard of super seven i would check on them like follow them on whatever uh for alien day because i'm sure they'll make some really cool stuff uh and then they've got a bunch of other people like NECA and mondo um and funko Funko. but yeah so that's cool i guess yeah, I mean, it's always cool to have more alien merchandise. Be cool to get a good alien movie. Be Sounds nice, like wouldn't that's it? That's too much to ask, but... It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. I mean, that's all we really want. But this <laughs> stuff for like a nice. good movie over some more merchandise, really. <laughs> yeah, you know, just like a great alien movie. I haven't had one of those since Aliens. Yeah. What is that, like 40 years ago? <laughs> So that's cool. Not salty at all. Finally, at the end of the news segment here, 
So Neil Blomkamp, I think we talked about this maybe a while ago. He's was putting out those free shorts on YouTube uh, through his Oat Studio, but now he's turning one of them into a feature film, and it was my favorite one. I think I think it was my favorite one. I'm not sure. Firebase. It's like set in Vietnam. There's a cool scene of a guy's skin getting ripped off and turned into a skull. Uh, Basically, there's no physical rewards. All the money that gets donated to Oat Studio will be used to turn this into a movie. So he says if he gets 20 bucks, he'll make a movie with cats. But if he gets $100 million, he'll make a trilogy. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of a fun way to try to get some funding for it. I think it's cool that there's different tiers for, you know, if they make no money, he's still going to make something that'll be kind of fun. And if they get a bunch of money, then they'll make something that's more professional. So, uh, it's cool. And he's obviously proved himself with those YouTube shorts. And, I mean, I think he could probably do something pretty cool with, like, just maybe even, like, a smaller budget, like, a couple million bucks. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'll watch it. That sounds cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a big news segment this week, dude. Shit. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of horror news. I skipped some stuff, too. I was like, eh, it's small time now. But, uh, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, you'll hear a nice little promo from our friends at The Final Boys, not The Final Guys. And then we'll be right back with our review of The Witching Season. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Dustin. And, and we're, we're The, the Final, Final Boys, Boys, a podcast that celebrates all things horror and cinema and pop culture. Have you ever wondered about the history behind the Paris catacombs? The true stories behind the Bloody Mary legend? Or are you just like listening to two dudes bullshit about their favorite? And not-so-favorite horror movies? Well, you should check out The Final Boys. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. So we're back from our quick break here. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that promo from our friends at The Final Boys. We watched the witching season uh, anthology movie this week. So interesting story here. The guy Michael Bailiff. He runs Witching Season. He posted these uh, this anthology on YouTube, on the Witching Season Films YouTube channel. And then they sold, they did a Blu-ray uh, and t-shirt run where all the money from that went to fund their feature film they're working on. But they are opening up a store soon where you can buy this stuff. And Michael's going to come on the show then. But we figured we'd watch this movie since we were giving it away. We wanted to vet it. <laughs> <laughs> make sure it was good and uh, i think we both liked it safe to say i i really liked it yeah uh i'm always a sucker for a good anthology movie and i think this is one of the better anthology uh horror movies we've watched in a while yeah and it's broken up into like a tv show on amazon prime so i don't know exactly how long it is but i think it probably adds up to about an hour hour and a half maybe yeah, um, there's Two definitely hours. one short that's like roughly a half hour long, and then the other ones vary between like 10 and 17 minutes, so... Um, yeah, so you want to take us through these and give us a brief summary, and then we can talk about what we thought? Yeah, sure. So, um, like we said, it is an anthology movie, so it's broken up into five parts, and uh, the first segment is called Killer on the Loose, and it kind of opens up with this girl who's running away from what we assume is the killer and it's very close quarters uh it starts it's like basically the whole movie takes place in one house essentially it starts exterior of the home and then the girl runs inside to get away from the killer and the killer follows her in and there's just a lot of really claustrophobic tense moments about kind of getting around with the killer in the house and how she wants to escape and i thought this one was pretty good 
Yeah, I did too. It has a good twist in it. Uh, it's shot really well. It's blocked well. And so at first, the thing that bugged me about it was that the killer uh, looks like Jason, but it's like budget Jason. And yeah, it, it's res- like- it resolves itself, but... Up until that point, I was like, mm-hmm, I yeah, I mean, there, it's like literally a dollar store Jason mask. It's like a very thin white plastic mask that does not look very good. But um, yeah. it, it's kind of redeemed in a way because it's like uh, it's, it's supposed to be just like a cheap Halloween costume, basically. Yeah, but then I get what they're going for. Like you're like supposed to be like, oh, that's why it's like that. But then the entire short you're thinking about how it looks like a budget Jason you know, like <laughs> the entire time. You're not really paying it. You're paying attention, but you're not really paying attention because you're like, why didn't they just come up with their own killer? This is kind of like cheesy, especially as the, the intro one, you know, it's like you should, you should open strong. And I feel like that it left a bad taste in my mouth up until a twist. And then I was like, ah, I like that. I went yeah. from like a six to a 7.58 out of 10, you know? Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, I think it was a good twist. Well shot. Uh, very claustrophobic. I liked the, you know, the interior of the house all looked very, like, Midwestern. Like Yeah, yeah, they're all shot in Utah, but, man, they got some great interior shots that looked yeah. awesome. Yeah, one of the things that I think is a running theme throughout all of these is that both the exterior shots and the interior shots of the house are incredible. They feel extremely real, very grounded, and uh, I, I really liked them. Yeah, it has a really good cinematic vibe. He, his color grading is so on point yeah it's full definitely of it's like it's i don't want to say washed out because there's this shooting style that that's what i use when i shoot my videos it's called log and it's basically like shooting in raw it collects more data but it looks really washed out and then you have to like tell the video editing software you're working with what the colors should be um using a file called a LUT. and i can tell i think that he shot in some sort of log because i i just from my eye, I think it's a Sony camera that he used. And uh, his color grading is awesome. It's full of browns. It's like a little bit sepia toned. He put some good film grain on it. Like it looks like a really cool 80s style horror movie. But you can tell it's more modern um, and really high resolution. Like it all looks awesome. Yeah, very, very well shot. And the music he got composed for all of these is so good. Yeah, Um all throughout the music is great for all the shorts and um, it just it just all kind of you know they're all very different in like stories but they do feel and they there are some callbacks to show they are in the same universe which I appreciate but it all just it all feels like it could run together in one night basically without it being a, an issue yeah that's that's something that I think my one of my favorite uh, and one of my favorite anthology movies VHS and VHS 2. They do that really well where there's like a, there's a, you know, one of the segments ties the whole thing together. Uh, I, I think this could definitely use one and I think it would help it out a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's some callbacks throughout, sprinkled throughout the different ones, but there isn't one that's like a thread. A, a, exactly. A thread that kind of pulls everything back together in, in a big circle. But I, I still really appreciated those. I like when there's uh, throwbacks to different stories in an anthology movie. Mm-hmm. me too and then so next one's called princess so what's that one about yeah so princess is about uh mom and her daughter who move into a new house and the little girl goes down to the basement one night 
and is looking through a bunch of box of toys that were left over from the previous uh, occupant of the house. Mm-hmm. And she finds one toy that's uh, like a bunny, like an Easter bunny, but it has a plastic like baby doll face. And so she takes that one out specifically and kind of starts to have conversations with it. And the mom gets kind of freaked out and it's a killer doll story with the the baby doll that they find in the basement. Yeah, so this one I was kind of lukewarm on. I think it's the shortest one of them all. And it it's effective, but I, I just like, I don't know, you guys have heard me talk about Chucky before. I'm just kind of like over the whole killer doll thing. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's kind of a played out at this point. I mean, the only really big killer doll story is Chucky or, like, Talking Tina from the old Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. But I think it's <laughs> it's kind of so one note that they only need to tell the story once and you kind of get everything that you could from it. Yeah, and we do have to keep in mind that these were made as YouTube videos. So I think if I saw that on YouTube, I would have been like, shit, that's, like, that's pretty cool. Like, hey, on its own, it's awesome. I keep thinking about this as an anthology thing, but I guess it was shot in parts you know like they they released it as a series Mm -hmm. so on its own i think it's i think it's pretty good like i i think it's worth watching yeah i mean i just the big knock against it isn't isn't against the movie itself just about Mm -hmm. that type of story worth yeah yeah i think this is as far as that goes a good version of that story uh i think it ends a little bit weak but i thought that it was creepy throughout and it kind of builds on itself well yeah, it understands that it's really hard to tell a long story about a killer doll, you know, because right. you got to suspend your disbelief quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. These kind of things. <laughs> so it does, doesn't overstay its welcome at all. It knows how long it has to be. And uh, with their source material, they do a really good job, I think. Yeah. With it. It's just me and George are just kind of over. <laughs> <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the next one's called uh, Not Alone. Yeah. And, so uh, Not Alone like is... One. Uh, an alien abduction story or well, kind of it's it starts on like the exterior of the street and the camera pans into this person's uh room and they you see the time on his clock stop and the alarm clock gets messed up and there's bright lights coming in through all the windows and then he wakes up and at first he sees a coat rack in his in the corner of his room, but he thinks it's a monster. So there's this kind of creepy, tense moment where it's this shifting shadow monster, and he gets really close to it and tries to find a weapon to fight it, but then he realizes it's a coat rack, so he just goes back to bed, and then he gets killed anyway. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> that one, this one was really fun. I like this one. It reminded yeah. me of Pontypool. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, yeah, it, w- it was a lot like that. It, it had yeah. that kind of more... <laughs> I liked it better than Pontypool, though. Pontypool feels like it's too long, and this one kind of just felt like it was the perfect amount of time. It was shot really well. It's funny. I think it's, like, darkly humor- humorous, yeah, you know? definitely like... a dark comedy. <laughs> I, um... I hope it was supposed to be. Because <laughs> I was like, ah, that's funny. I, I liked it. Yeah, but this one, this one's definitely a fun one. And... It's so interesting. Like, yeah. I think alien abduction stuff like that, kind of, that's kind of what it is, but it might not be, who knows. These kind of stories, they work well by letting your imagination run wild, you know, because that's kind of what's happening to the guy. He thinks his imagination is running wild, and then he gets, 
gets killed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I like stuff that where you can come up with what's scary about it. I think that's exactly. cool. Like that is a monster that is, you know, at face value, a creepy being. And it's something where you can fill in the blanks. And what you can imagine is always scarier than whatever they put in the movie. Um, kind of like, you know, the original Halloween with the shape being... He's just a killer, and then they wreck it by explaining his backstory over and over again throughout the sequels. So it's cool when they when they have something that's, that's a just... bold statement. <laughs> My YouTube comments are giving me PTSD when I gave one vague statement on being okay with them getting rid of Halloween too. The amount of people who fixated on just that alone. Oh my god. <laughs> Gotta be careful these days. Gotta be really gotta tiptoe around all the all the hot button issues like you Halloween. Know that, one, two. that one detail that I just assumed was a given that it was really fucking dumb that Michael ended up being Lori's brother. <laughs> really just struck a chord with some people. <laughs> do not like it, man. Just don't like it. Yeah, but I get I get what you were saying and I agree with it. So, yeah, I like this one a lot. Uh I think this is second best, I would say. Yeah, I'd say this was probably my second favorite as well. But the next one is my favorite and the longest one of the anthology. It's called They Live Inside Us. And so this is a story about a writer who goes to a haunted house and he's looking for inspiration. So he sets up his typewriter and he's writing his horror story. And this one is almost a small anthology in and of itself. because it's like a mini anthology movie. Right. Because as he's writing the story, you see all these, all of his, like, uh, ideas play out. So he's writing a story and he's like, uh, what if we try a killer clown? And then this girl, you know, the main character. Yeah, it's his wife. He writes his wife as the main character of all this. So she is being chased by a killer clown. And then he's like, yeah, that that clown looked really good. Yeah. I've done a lot of research into clown movies (laughs) just because my friend and I made one. But. Theirs was really good. Like, that yeah. guy was fucking scary. Yeah, really creepy. Um, I think all those short stories... I don't really want to ruin the other no, um, I know. things that well, he goes this, through. The Scarecrow one. We can say that there is a Scarecrow one. That one I, that one freaked me out. That one yeah. shot so well. That one was really good. So, it has basically... starts off with all these little short stories of a writer who's trying out different ideas and you get to see those play out in his head and then he's like nah no we'll try something else and you see all these little short horror stories play out and those are all done really well and then there's also an element of him being in the house is affecting him and this one kind of comes full circle in in a in a statement that he says like right when he gets in the house so this one i think is one that you should just watch on your own i think if you were to pick only one of this set then this would be the one to watch without question oh i agree it's a 30 minute long one it's told really well the pacing's the pacing our favorite thing to criticize in movies (laughs) is great in it uh it has a gunshot noise that is awesome like it's it's done in a perfect way that i usually like usually gun gunshot noises are so just like you just throw it in you know it kind of feels like but the Mm -hmm. one in this is like heavy it's like damn it's cool there's a texas chainsaw massacre callback Mm-hmm. There's there's a good there's a comedy part in it that I thought was hilarious. I like yeah. laughed out loud. It's like so funny. Uh, this one's great. Yeah, Honestly, one, it's just so good. Yeah, it kind of is a bit of everything. It's got some dark horror. It's also it's got an a anthology. Patch. Yep, 
it's got a it's got like a bit of a twist in there too so this one is i think far and away the best one of the the set of the anthologies for this one yeah and then it the last one here is that you i'm going back and forth on it you know like it starts out really good it has a really great intro that's shot on a drone at like this great time of night you can see the mountains of utah in the background it's just like really good intro and it's like about a girl on halloween night she's in bed with a broken leg and her mom's like oh i'm gonna hang out with you we're gonna watch horror movies it's gonna be fun uh it doesn't really it sets up a really cool you know plot but it doesn't really deliver on it like you you said something about her leg that i thought was like spot on yeah i I think it's strange because the way they set up the story is she's bedridden she's has a some kind of cast on or something with her leg where she's immobile and the monsters so you're from watching, agony bit her yeah so you're watching it and you're you're like huh this is kind of interesting how are they going to play with the fact that she's not going to be able to move around a lot and that she's you know basically confined to the bed because she only has one working leg and then they don't really do anything with it they she set gets up the, out of bed at one point yeah like they set up this premise that could have been something interesting where you know she's trapped she's immobile she can't do anything and so how is she going to use other means to you know get around the threat in her life but instead they just kind of let her move around anyway and it's like yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) the mom is a great actor though i wish she was in it more and the monster in this one looks so good the monster in this looks better than a lot of monsters in theatrical movies like the effects that they use in the prosthetics like it looks really good in my opinion i thought it looked great yeah i think this is probably the only one in this set where i think that the everything surrounding the story is better than the story itself mm-hmm. where definitely like the tv the fake uh the fake public access Halloween Yep, the thing. fake public access shows. and I want uh, that to be its own set. That, that was awesome. I would watch that. That was that, hilarious. Like, that guy's comedy show. There's <laughs> <laughs> like a part where they're like smoke machines on and the dude's on live TV. He's like, stop fucking blowing smoke in my face. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, turn it off. <laughs> I was dying. There's this movie called the WNUF Halloween special. And people always talk about like how great it is. And blah, blah. I think it's like okay. I want I want this this one. I want this Halloween special, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, this would be great. This would be a really it's funny like channel sixty six or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was fucking hilarious. Like I was laughing out loud. Yeah. So that was good. The <laughs> effects in the in this short are good. I do agree that I think the mom would have moved would have been more uh, involved in the main plot line though. And yeah, she's a great actress. Whoever that was. And I think that they should have done something with the leg after setting it up that, like, she was immobile and then just kind of throwing that out. But Yeah, that, that's something that your viewers are going to think about, I think. Like, if you introduce something like that, like a, yeah, a disability of any kind, like, that needs to right. play into the plot. Right. But overall, I think this was a really good uh, anthology series, and I would recommend anybody who is interested to check it out. It's free on Amazon Prime. And, uh, of course, if you win the, the Blu-ray giveaway, you can watch it on Blu-ray as well. Yeah, and if you don't, you can, you're going to be able to buy them soon, which is, like, I highly suggest everyone buys this if uh, when it goes live. Because that's just going to help their future film that they're working on. And I'm, like, after seeing this, I am 
really excited to see what these guys can do with a feature film. And I'm really excited to have Michael on the show so we can talk to him about this. Yeah. Uh, awesome. I think mythology. this is one that would be an easy include in um, the normal Halloween rotation. Throw this oh, on. yeah. We've watched so many shitty Halloween anthologies, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Tales from Halloween Night. The only, the only good one in that... I always think about that anthology like I like it, but then I the only one I like is the one where Satan's taking that kid around. Yeah, with uh, yeah that one that one had the, just the one. So usually they're like one decent one sprinkled in with like four bad ones. So but this one was yeah. all all of them were pretty good. So and then there's one like outstanding one. So I think this one is definitely. Yeah, you compare this to uh, ABCs of Death one and two that one the x one or whatever it's like xx or something like tales from halloween night the one that art the clown from terrifier came from like all of those just suck and this one i think is every single one of them was directed by one guy michael he just did such a fucking awesome job they're shot so well which is funny because i'm just gonna go i'm gonna go out on a limb i'm pretty sure they were shot on a7s's uh and that's like a $2,000 camera, which sounds like a lot of money, which, cause it is, but for how good this, these shorts look like, man, he, he put that camera to work. Yeah. Um, I mean, these are basically like cinema quality. Like I, I mean, the the, it, it looks great. Oh man. Yeah. I, I, I like, it's one of those things like where we talk about it, I immediately want to go watch it. Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna, I, I think about it. And they're all free on YouTube, too. They're all free on Amazon Prime. I think they have a couple more on YouTube than they do on Amazon Prime. And also their intro. This is the whole reason that I even found these guys. Their intro video came up in my subscribe or my watch page or something on YouTube, I think. And it looked, it was like the intro to Halloween 4. And then I was like, shit, I got to like figure out what these guys are doing. So I found yeah. the Kickstarter for their movie. I emailed him, and then he was kind enough to send us these Blu-rays and stuff. So I thought that was really nice. Yeah, really nice of him. Uh, definitely recommend this one. And they're, like you said, they're free to watch, so everyone should check these out. Yeah, and if you want to enter that giveaway we've mentioned, all you have to do again is go to our Instagram. Go find the giveaway post. I made a nice little picture. Uh, all you have to do is leave a comment of what your favorite Halloween movie, like, not Halloween franchise, just Halloween set movie is. Uh, if you want an extra entry, make sure you repost the image and tag us in the repost. And uh, it's U.S. only, and the giveaway ends Friday. It's very, very simple to enter. Yeah. So enter because it's a good good series. You should check it out. Yeah. So, George, you want to bring us home? Yeah. So, uh, as always, come back next week for more horror news and reviews, and you never know who might be listening.